Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Heidi coming to you live from your Belinda, California. How are you, my love? Oh, for the Living Fearless Devotional. Hello, my love. <laughs> How are you? Hi, I am good. Uh, you can find all of our content on resurrectministry.com. Not only this podcast, but Andy's Fearless Man podcast. My articles on the Christian Post. You could drop us a line. We'd love to receive your comments, questions, mm -hmm. prayer requests. And we have a bunch of other resources to meet Jesus where you are. And if you are so inclined, if you'd like to donate and partner with us, we'd love that too. Awesome. Let's jump right in. We're going to go right to Charles Spurgeon for October 7th. The reference is Numbers 1111, which says, He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? <laughs> really? From the pen of Charles Spurgeon. Our Heavenly Father sends us frequent troubles to try our faith. And if our faith has any value, it will stand the test. Thin gold leaf fears the fire, but gold nuggets easily withstand it. And limitation and imitation gems uh, of paste dread to be tested by diamonds. But genuine jewels never fear the test. Poor faith only trusts God when friends are faithful. The body is healthy. And business is profitable. But true faith continues to trust in the Lord's faithfulness when friends are gone. The body is sick, emotions are depressed, and the light of our Father's countenance is hidden. Oh, that's the worst. True heaven-born faith is faith that can say, even amid the most severe trouble, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. The Lord afflicts his servants to glorify himself. For he is greatly glorified in the gifts of his people, which are all actually his own handiwork. When suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, the Lord is honored by these growing virtues. We would never know the music of a harp if the strings were left untouched. Enjoyed the juice of grapes if they were not trodden in a wine press. Discover the sweet scent of cinnamon if it were not pressed and beaten. <laughs> nor feel the warmth of a fire if the logs were not burned the wisdom and power of the great artisan are discovered due to the trials through which his vessels of mercy are permitted to pass and our present afflictions also tend to heighten our future joy just as a painting must have various levels of darker shades to reveal the beauty of the light <clears throat> Could we expect to be so supremely blessed in heaven if we had never known the curse of sin and the sorrow of earth? Isn't peace much sweeter after conflict and rest much more welcome after hard work? Won't the remembrance, won't the remembrance of past suffering enhance the happiness of the glorified? Yes. There are many additional answers of comfort to the question. Why have you brought this trouble on our servant? Why not consider them all day long today? And I'm going to continue uh, with uh, Jim Ryman's editorial here. He says, many people have difficulty believing the Lord sends trouble into the lives of his children. Yes. Yet our text today, as well as many others, suggests otherwise. For example, Isaiah wrote, the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. However, as we read the passage in its context, it reveals God's graceful and loving purpose in sending these trials. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. 
Blessed are all who wait for him. O oh, people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. <laughs> Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Wait, that was all from Isaiah 30. Oh, okay. Uh, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. I looked it up, Isaiah 30 to 18 and 21, thinking it was different, like it was a paraphrasing, but that's actually oh, the literally whole thing. the voice. Yes. Oh. I think that's important because we're going to get to the whole discussion that we've had a couple times where we like debate this issue, like does God actually send suffering or is it just him lifting his hand of grace and protection? And this Isaiah and Moses and Job clearly say God sends the suffering. I mean, in Job's case, we know that for sure. So sometimes God is directly responsible for the trial. Hmm. The suffering produces character, character, perseverance, perseverance. No, suffering produces perseverance. <laughs> perseverance produces character, character, hope. Yes. Makes total sense to me. Right? Yeah. I mean, you look back uh, on your life, right? And you see the stuff that you've come out from under mm -hmm. and it's made us made us stronger people, right? Absolutely. That's what the, uh, the police academy is all about. Yes. Is that they're constantly tearing you down to make you stronger so that when you get on the street, you're not shocked the first time somebody spits in your face and calls you whatever name he or calls you. Or shoots you. Or talks about your mom, which makes you really mad. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, absolutely. I mean, it, it, I mean, we even do that in sports. That you you have to be uh, during uh, what they call it in that summer in that summer camp. It's called. Uh, oh my gosh! It was like you had to do two a days, two, two like training in the morning and training in the evening. Oh, and you were you know, and they just beat you down um, and call you names and that kind of stuff. But it was all part of building your character and willingness to uh, persevere. Yes, especially even when you're tired. Yes. That's why I kind of get frustrated at people sometimes when, when my when my kids say, I'm tired. And I go, oh, okay, then you need to do more. They got to do this. It's the opposite. <laughs> they want to go to bed. I go, well, no, they get up and go out and go ride your bike or go do something. It's, 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 so it's really strange to me. Hey, Kate, nice to see you. Hi, Kate. And just like Kate, if you are watching, please comment. Let us know uh, where you're watching from and give us your perspective on what it is that uh, God is sharing with you today. Um, yeah, I mean, it's such a simple concept. It's it's kind of hard for me to, to take it a well, step further. Well, because it's also, we believe in a gracious, loving God, and He cares for us. And so sometimes when we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, oh, God, why would you do this to me? Mm. Uh, because we can't see to the other end. Because He loves us. Right, but we can't see what the end of that is. Uh -huh. You know, even people who, uh, we have a, a woman in our Bible study whose um, husband passed away a year ago, and she's just still struggling to put the pieces back together. And so dealing with death, dealing with loss for people, people who lose their children mm -hmm. at a young age, it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. 
and you expect when you walk with the Lord that you won't have affliction, but that's just a misconception. It just, and it just doesn't work. Um, just, I can use a, a dog analogy. Sure. <laughs> she says reluctantly. Um, and that is for years. I, I, I've been in the dog business for something like, I don't know, maybe it's 40 years now, something like that. Yeah. Just about almost 40 years. And as long as I've been in the dog business, there's always been these people that think that they can train a dog with purely positive methods. There's books written that are called purely positive training um, and all kinds of stuff. They're just, there's these people, they're crazy. <laughs> Cause I always challenge them at some point. I said, there has to be, there has to be a time where the dog is corrected and understands the difference between being wrong and right. Or else the dog doesn't learn. And they go, no, you can do it all purely positive. Mm. You just wait. So you just allow the dog to be to bite people, and then you wait for them to stop biting, and then you give them oh, good. a treat. You get a toy. <laughs> <Not> about <Stop>. that. <laughs> I mean, there's some behaviors that you just cannot allow to go, you know, the next step. Um, because at some point, you either need with a dog, you need to withhold something that the dog really wants, which is not positive. Right? If the dog wants food and it's hungry, at some point you got to give him food. That the, the time that he's hungry is not positive. Um, so to some dogs, raising your voice and saying, no, is like startles a dog. Some dogs are very sensitive to it. And then, you know, that's a, also correction. So when I, each time we go down a step and I, and I can sit there and watch somebody that thinks that they're purely positive, purely positive, um, at some point, one of those things is going to happen. And they go, oh, well, no, that, at least I didn't give the dog a correction. No, that's a correction. Sure. Withholding or raising your voice or being stern or sharp is the same thing. To some dogs, it's like you might as well um, hit them with something because they're that sensitive to, you know, the, the the leader being upset at them. But the sooner as you begin to do that, the faster training takes hold, and the and the and the less correction and, you have to and do. then the less correction you have to do because they're le they're least likely to repeat that bad behavior once the correction comes. And 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 quite honestly, at some point, they find a way around it and find another way to get what they want or to perform the bad behavior. Mm. They, unless you stop it in its tracks and they think, well, I'll get corrected no matter how I go. But, ah. but if, if you allow the dog to just wait, the dog will find ways around it. Similar to kids. <laughs> <laughs> and same as a sinner. We'll go, you know, I'm not really, you know. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Or Johnny's doing it and yes. he's a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> so I could do it. All right. Hey, Jan French, nice to see you. Oh, yeah. Hi, Jan. <laughs> yes, it is yes, beautiful. Yes, it's a beautiful sunset. And Kate lets us know where she's watching from. Canberra, Australia. Yes, and Carrie News. Uh, hi, Al. I don't, you, when you say the name, I don't know that you're not <laughs> continuing it, so you've got to cue me in on the methodology here. What does Carrie have to say, Hedia? Hi, Al. <laughs> I am in the under part for a long while, but I know God is a plan, living on hope in the word. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's uh, I hope the season passes quickly, Carrie. Yeah, you know, the, the, there is now the the thing that you can't do in dog training is allow the correction to go on for too long. I wonder how God determines that. Does he think that we're a little bit more? I don't know. We're stronger to handle a longer downturn. 
I don't know. He, he, he knows us. Yes. It never gives us more than we could bear. Hmm. And sometimes I wonder, um, I, I'm not referring to any of our friends on the broadcast and their personal situations. I'm saying, I wonder what kind of, uh, so we went through that exercise that our friends, the psychotherapists slash pastors of our life group <laughs> taught yeah. us, which is uh, we, when we're faced with trials, we have our flesh response and our spiritual response. And we are programmed if we're not conscious to always do the flesh response. And he says that we have to stop every time we hit a roadblock and try to connect to God and hear from him on what is the spiritual way out of this solution. So sometimes I think problems or seasons go on much longer, kind of like the Jews in the wilderness, go on much longer because we get into patterns of response that are from our flesh and not from God. So, okay. for example, I'll use a woman example because those are the easiest for our women to understand. <laughs> uh, depending on what your vice is, maybe it's food or it's, uh, it's alcohol or shopping, is that whenever you're struggling or you're stressed or the marriage isn't working, um, you eat. Okay. And so eventually doing that autonomic response, oh, my God, my marriage is so bad, chocolate bar. Oh, my marriage is so bad. And I, I'm not being funny here. I'm being like, this is a, this is a real struggle for people. Um, it's been a struggle for me my whole life. Uh, if you if you continue that pattern, you find that your self esteem diminishes. You know, you gain weight, your self esteem diminishes, and that relationship mm. continues to suffer. And so you never got to the root of why your relationship, your spouse, and you were suffering because now you're diverted your attention to this other problem, the secondary problem you created by always responding with the flesh. Instead, I eat, I watch TV, I shop online, and you have a whole new set of problems that were originally created from God prompting you to fix something in the marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sometimes negative seasons are perpetuated because we don't learn what God's trying to teach us in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because then, I mean, then you have things that you have bankruptcy, you have bad health, <laughs> you have yeah, all the other things. Yeah, you have all the secondary problems that come from your fleshly response. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It just creates more distance with you and your spouse because you have internal turmoil from whatever vices you're you're going to, mm -hmm. uh, and that's just it's just perpetuating the problem. Wow. And then you're like, wow, when is this ever going to end? How am I ever going to get out of this? You know, um, we had an example and I'm not going to say from where so that it's not obvious who I'm referring to. Uh, somebody who was talking to us about um, they had gotten themselves in this familial situation where a couple with their parent, one of the parents bought a home. Mm -hmm. And so they're all living in the home and they thought this would be for a year. And every time they try to get out, and it's not even a financial reason, they have the means to get out, there's a roadblock. And they say completely outside of our control. And so this person was so exacerbated and so upset over this um, that they feel like, like the, the season won't end. Like how, why am I stuck with my parents forever? When 
the other perspective may be, wait a minute, why does God want us together? Like what, what needs to happen here? What growth do my parents need to go through? What are my children experiencing as a consequence of us living together? It's not young people mooching off their parents, which is an example mm-hmm. that most people think. This was not that. This was like, we went into this arrangement and for some reason we thought it was only a year, and but we're six years and still in it. Um, and instead of being able to reevaluate it, they just kept trying to get out of it, which was causing constant turmoil. Hmm. Does that That's make interesting, sense? interesting, yeah. Isn't it? And so I, I was just struck. Of course, I didn't speak because sometimes I hear things that just are not comfortable to repeat. And <laughs> that's what the Lord was telling me. Like, you know, they're, they're trying to get out of something I have put them in. And he won't let you out. If he loves you, he won't let you out because there's something that needs to be accomplished. Oh, wow. That's whole. That's a whole nother. So then you're just spinning like crazy thinking like, why am I in prison here? Why am I not being allowed out of this? And it's because you're supposed to be in it. Wow. So, so you need to now you pray and be like, Lord, how, how do I get through this situation? What am I supposed to accomplish in this situation? What do my parents need? What do my children need? You know, because they're intergenerational home now. There's three kids born in this house now when there was only one baby, Hmm. you know? And so it's just, you know, the space, it's more crowded, but you know what I mean? Like the thinking of all of the earthly consequences of all being in one home, right? as opposed to why are we in this situation? Like, what is it that we're supposed to grow and learn and experience from this? Because clearly they said that there's been umpteen number of tries to get out of it. And there's a block at every turn. Well, I mean, that's wow, you just hurt my brain. so at at some point if you've had say four attempts to get out and it something happens at that point do you get together what do you think i'm just what are the some of the i mean you pray and you say you know let's sit down and say you know let's not try to get let's just try not to move for like six months and see what god tells us yeah and Let's not try to move, period, until he moves us. Oof. Stop trying to move. Isn't that what we decided? When all of our friends were leaving, we're like, maybe we should go here, maybe we should go here. Like, yeah. no, we're not going to pick up and move ourselves unless God sends like a somebody at the door being like, it's time for you to go. Mm. You know what I mean? It's We're, we're not going to keep trying to get ourselves out of a situation when clearly God put us in it. Wow. I, I immediately think of this uh, member of my, of a, of a family. <laughs> and it's a single mom who's now been dating a guy. I don't know if they've ever gotten married, but as long as I've known them, it's probably been about 20 years. Um, she was a single mom and then she met this guy somewhere in there, maybe about at, at, you know five years later when I got to know her. But in the home, is this dude, the son, her son. Oh, her son. Yeah. Okay. Not the guy she's dating. No. Okay. Her son, who's, you know, when I first met him, he was probably 18, 19. And at that time, I thought, isn't it, isn't it time to friend? I mean, he's like two years late for moving out. <laughs> like, why is he still living here? It was so odd to me. Uh, like, dude, like, how do you want, why do you want to live here with your mom? Yeah. Like, it made no sense. Um, but, you know, whatever. 
and and he'd always be in his bedroom like would never leave and he's a he's a smart guy and healthy and he's not like like it's it's not one of those things where you have to take out a window to get him out he's a healthy person yeah and it just didn't make any sense so then then he's 25 and then he's 30 <laughs> and i just heard the other day he's he's still living he's 40 <laughs> years old God had to speak to somebody at that point and said, all right, bro. Oh, but that funny. may be a totally different situation. Yeah. So that may be, they're not walking with the Lord. Maybe the boy is not, maybe she's just allowing him to be lazy, but the family I'm telling you is the, the, the woman and the husband are Bible believing Christians. Mm. Like they are, they are walking the walk. And she also said later, uh, when I talked to, when I tried to get some more facts from her that are, Parents were basically agnostic. Now her dad goes to a Bible study. Um, so the parents have, she's seen massive transformation in the parents since they've been in that home. Mm. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking at her, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and she's like, but we're on top of each other. The three kids are in one bedroom. And I'm like, well, my husband raised like, you know, spent 12 years with three kids in a bedroom. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't really think space is that. You know what I mean? Again, it's going to the flesh and being like, no, we need space. It's a, it's, it's the, it's the physical needs that pull us away from whatever the Lord's calling us to. That's why I have such admiration for missionaries that go and subject their physical bodies to such enormous strain because God's calling them. Mm -hmm. So why do you have to go to Africa to do that? If God's calling you to stay in your house with your parents, to minister to them, then stay in the house and minister to your parents. Yeah. You know, because you create all these secondary consequences. You just, just play out the scenario. You move to another house, you got three kids, you're work, both working. So then you're going to get a nanny for the kid or you're going to put them in a preschool instead of them being with their grandparents all day yep. when they're home and little. You know what I mean? Like all of these things that we do because our flesh says, I need space. Yep. I just take it away from that scenario. Uh, I, I suddenly had something that I think is, is pretty interesting. This is something that I kind of live mm -hmm. by. And that is, um, you know, you're driving your car and you get a flat tire mm -hmm. and you just go and you're late for something, you know, all the thing, all the things that make you mad when you get a flat tire that you didn't have time for it, that you had plans and all that. As, kind as of stuff. I've gotten recently. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, what, I, what I've done for years, I don't know, it happened when I was a kid at some point. I don't know if I heard somebody say it or whatever, but look at that as there was something that was going to happen to you oh, that sure. now will not Parents happen to you because those. you had a flat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, but it's I, a I, redirect. But yeah, so I, I always try to think whenever something bad happens like that, you know, that exactly. I, I just kind of just, you know, whatever, you know, it was meant to happen. Not meant to happen like, oh, you know, in God, you know how people always go to that, you know, you know this is just how it's supposed to work or whatever people say. There's a saying now I can't think of it. Um, but I do look at it from the standpoint of, well, because of this, it meant it, it kept me from probably doing something that either was going to cause me death, harm or harm somebody else or some other type of adversity. Or, you know, maybe I didn't have to run into my ex-wife at the grocery store or something like that. But that was the best thing that could have happened. You know what I'm saying? It could be all Absolutely. these things uh, to, 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 to stop any kind of adversity. So, um I just want to take it a little, I mean, because we were on the, yes. the family thing for a while. I think there's other things that happen. Oh, tons. Um, I mean, illness. Can you think of one for illness? Like you get sick? Yeah. That's kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It slows you down, right? Mm. And I mean, it's, 
the hardest thing to tell believers that lose loved ones that are believers and the person who died is a believer is that person's not suffering. Yeah. That person has reached ultimate ecstasy. You're thinking now, about that to yourself you? when somebody else dies. Yeah. How do we fix you? Because mm. you're the person that's having a problem. That person is not. Yeah. So we're not grieving that person. They're perfect but, right now. They are perfect. <laughs> so why are you having such trouble with it? Is it? Are you jealous? Is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why are you having such trouble with this yeah. when they're in such a good place? So I say, well, now that person, uh, that person was my everything. Now I'm alone. So that's why. Well, I guess we should never make anybody our everything. Oh, look at you. <laughs> but that's hard when you've been with them for, I mean, we'll never have yeah. this problem. We'll, 40, 50, yeah, 60 won't. years. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, of course, look at me talking because I've only been married a year. Uh, <laughs> Are we at two years yet? It seems like we've been saying a year for like five years. Oh, uh, yeah. In a no, in a couple of months, maybe we'll be at a year. Oh, January. Okay. What? January 16th, we'll be at two years. No. Okay, two years. Yes. Okay. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's just keeping your eyes on Jesus and seeing like, okay, well, and a lot of women have done this when it's like, you know, the man that dies first is like, okay, well, this is my time now. Get back to the church. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll serve in some capacity. I'll be a foster mom. I will be, you know, uh, uh, there's programs, especially at Friends Church, which I thought was so beautiful, which is being a mentor mom. So basically taking single mothers that are struggling and, and don't have any help and being like, how can I help you? Do you want me to go grocery shopping? Mm -hmm. You want me to watch a kid for a couple hours? Like find some other ways of fulfilling your life now that your partner has reached ecstasy and you just haven't yet, you know? Mm -hmm. Like how do we make that? We, we talk about the honeymoon or are we talking about the death? <laughs> no, the death. That's ecstasy. <laughs> you went to meet Jesus. Oh, okay. Yes. It's <laughs> just the way you said it. Just threw me off a little bit. Kate says, surrender, just a thought. Sarah was tired of waiting for God's promise, so she created her own solution, and look what happened. <laughs> the cost of her doing it her way has trouble throughout history. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Um, oh, man, I had a question for you. But so we got to look at the flip side of suffering sometimes. But not everything that causes us pain or heartache is from God. No. Like when I got out of the shower, when the throw rug wasn't down or the, the, and I slipped and I hurt my knee, that was me not making sure that the rug was there before I got in the shower. Yes. Right. Yes. God didn't pull the rug out from under and me. And there's Satan. So <laughs> the, Satan. right. So there's, there's the, there's Satan flesh and a trial. There's mm. three different sources. At any given time, we need to know which one is which. Hmm. How do we know? We got to pray about it. I know I've had situations since I've been a believer where I'm just like, what is happening? And the Lord has uh, clearly spoken to me because you're going the wrong way. Like, it, this is, you just stop. You know, I've, I've told that mm. story many times when I was dating and the Lord, Lord's just like, just stop. You're going to be alone until I say you're not going to be alone anymore. But that was so hard for me to wrap my head around because I like, what am I going to go through a drive through and he's going to magically appear? Well, almost literally, you know, I was just standing in line. You appeared. <laughs> so it was it was exactly as he said. No, I will yeah. send him, you know, but the but that season, you know, that three years of just banging my head against the wall 
felt very tumultuous. Mm. Wow. So you pray. You pray and pray and please. Listen and for pray. his voice. Yeah. Try things Try. that you think are um, mm. an option. Do things that honor him. Exactly. Go to a love life event. Go yes. to um, baptism at the beach with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I mean, a lot of a lot of believing men and women that are single are doing just that. Mm. You know, they're finding other ways of glorifying God than looking for a spouse or, you know. Well, that was the that was my thing was that I spent most of my time looking for the perfect Hedia. But, <laughs> and I, of course, I was looking in all the wrong places, like the song, <laughs> cruise ships. No, and even in the beginning of the marriage, when we struggled because we were two completely different human beings and mm -hmm. we have all of these children and we're trying to make a home out of them. And when I would cry to God about like, oh my, like, well, how am I going to fix this? Like, how is this going to work? It was always the, the voice I always heard from God was the, and the sense that he always gave me were, you are exactly where I put you, figure it out. Mm. You know what I mean? And so that there was such comfort in that, in the certainty of knowing you are exactly where you should be. And I think that's what we all need what our dear friend at, a, at our home church was struggling with is she says she never had peace about her purpose. Like she feels like it was never, she's not living out her purpose. And mm -hmm. I think that instinct comes from God. So as, as soon as she heard about the, the missionary work, it, it, lit, it lit her up. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I think that's what God's calling me to. And so she starts to look back at the pattern of her life, never been married, never have children, 40 years old, thinking, oh my God, instead of realizing, instead of thinking, why has God left me single till I'm 40? It was like, oh my God, he had a reason why he did this this way. He had a reason why he set up this wow. life that way. It's trying to figure out why am I in this situation? Hmm. And that was such a, that was such an amazing discovery for her that she's now like processing, but that's such an amazing discovery to be like, this was not a punishment he was doing this to create something in me, to be able to do something. Right. Kingdom related. For me, it was the, the years of continually trying to do the same thing and, and not having the overall success and a lot of pain and discomfort. And then it is possible that he said something to me, but it was a, a moment that I had come to my senses or come to his senses and said, man, I've been trying this for 40, 50, 40, almost 50 years or whatever it was, uh, 50 something years, 55 years, I'd say. So at, at 55 years, I'd finally go, okay, I tried it this way for this long. It doesn't seem to be working out very well. I mean, again, you could go look at all the positives and things like that, but I, I wanted a relationship with a woman, especially one that I could show my kids what a relationship you know, that God wants us to have looks like. And I, and I was never, I, I, I could not achieve it. So I thought to myself, self, self, you, you stop looking for women, 
look for God and seek, seek first it, the kingdom. The yes, rest will be added it was. Uh, it was. I, I asked God for forgiveness, and I um, repented. And I, I just back on the message. It was just that some people he allows these things to happen over and over again, and he's just waiting for if you're going to decide him, he wants you to do it. He doesn't necessarily want you to do it for you. He just allows things to happen. Am I on the right track? Yeah. And then he just doesn't. He goes, it, you know, if if he chooses me, uh, as You're I know, in. as I know that he will, it'll it's just taking him a little bit longer than I thought. I'm pretty good, God said to himself. But wow, this guy's he's he's keeps tripping. <laughs> he's probably, he has a couple of us that he probably just laughs at. You know, these I'll see what happens. He just has a good time watching. But um, but it, but again, just for those of you watching that have maybe not watched before, that that's how um, I really found my relationship with God. Even though I'd been walking around the church for 25 years, it wasn't until I stopped and gave myself to God and said, "You, I'm handing myself over to you, and I'm sorry uh, for my sins, and I repent." And these are the these are the things that had to be done. Yes. Not just one of them would have gotten me to where I needed to be. It, it had to be all of them. And um, and I love him. It's been amazing, incredible. But it was a lot of a lot of heartache. Well, and isn't it also because we know that that God brought us together, it creates a different resolve. Because then when difficulty comes, it's not, oh my God, let's turn to okay, what are what are my usual patterns? This is what I'm gonna do. I'm mm -hmm. gonna go back to my fleshly response. It's a, how do I make this work? This has to be good. What am I going to do to make it good? What am I going to do to make it look like God expects it to look? Wow. Not easy. Not easy. Carrie says. Being in a holding pattern, pattern does call for patience. Yes. And kicked. Only three years. I'm impressed. God is faithful. Yes, he is. When God orchestrates it, it's always a good fit. Three years, he was preparing you for Andy. Yes, and he actually even told me that. That he was not only preparing me, but that he was preparing him. That the man was also being prepared, which is hmm. quite true. Yeah. For sure. All right, let's get to the scripture. Oh, look at there's Hedia. <laughs> there it is. Numbers eleven eleven. Did you want to read it again or no? No. <laughs> Job thirteen fifteen. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. Though he slay me. So he's like, you know, God really afflicted Job, and he says, but he says, I'm still going to try to defend myself because. Mm. Um, it's it was brutal what Job went. Yeah. But the story of Job, which again is a hard thing to talk to people about, is his family was wiped out. His all of his children, but God gave him new children. You know, so it's even for parents that lose children, there's mm. also a plan in that. As hard as it is. Um, and it may not be the instance where it's a trial. It may be clearly just Satan. Uh, 
or a fleshly response of a child that was irresponsible and, and led to their untimely death. But sometimes it's just a small child who gets leukemia and passes away. Mm-hmm. But that God has a greater plan. This is like the flat tire. It's a factory recall. Wow. That's very hard to think that way when you're in it and yeah. when it's your child, you know? Um, but yeah, that's the, that's one of the wisdoms of the story of Job. Hmm. That is a, that's a crazy story. Romans five, three through four. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, perseverance, hmm. which means to continue to strive through difficulty. It's a little different than patience. Mm-hmm. How do you get to um, from character to hope? Well, because once you've gotten a character that is godlike, you know, you mm-hmm. have the fruit of the spirit. There's you have hope in everything. You see hope in in every circumstance because it's part of God's plan. Oh. You have the hope and glory. Okay, I got it. Oops. Carrie says, amen. I always trust God, no matter how it is going. That's beautiful. Amen. And Kate says, Andy, I reckon God was handling you into obedience. And I reckon you know what that feels like a dog as a dog trainer. <laughs> he kept allowing ah, me. All right. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a, uh, you know, police dogs, they, they got to go into different buildings and search all the time. And so they come across, you know, new environments all the time. And um, I had this one police dog <laughs> that, I mean, all the dogs at some point run into a, uh, a closet window or a mirror, like, you know, the, the sliding mirrors on a closet door. Cause they come around the corner and they see, and they see the room and they run right into the thing oh, with their heads all the time. Okay. Sometimes they're running when they do it. And most dogs, the first time they do it, they may do it a second time and a third time they're a little bit more careful and, and really pick up the nuances of a, of a mirror. Okay. Dogs can eventually do it. But some dogs, they just, it, so I think I'm, I was that dog. You just come around the corner and keep running in the mirror. And, and, and well, just I keep think running in the mirror. Of, that's part of your tenacity mm. because you don't give up. You just kept figuring, but that's how you had to reach the end of yourself because mm-hmm. you were constantly convinced Andy can fix it. And so you had to exhaust every possible methodology before you could surrender. Yep. You know, so it's, it's just, it suits your character for it to have taken that long. Yeah, I think God might have been teasing me a little bit too, because every so often I would I would be able to get out. I mean, I was always getting out of it. That, like, that's the problem, because you. That's why it took uh, so long, because you could always fix it. Hmm. Yeah, until I couldn't. <laughs> could this last it. one gave you a run for your money. <laughs> you can fix it until you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you got to experience a little bit of it yesterday of some of the challenges that I had with uh, my phone call yesterday. It's just like, what, what? You know, nobody has these these things that happen. Um, like I'll tell somebody something, you know, a story about something that has to do with um, either narcotics or explosives. And, you know, that I did something with an explosive and they go, wait a minute. I've never been involved in a conversation with anybody on this planet who said, oh yeah, I took some explosives somewhere and I left them at a grocery store. 
Like who tells that story? <laughs> <laughs> so I always have these weird stories because I was always dealing with with heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, and not a drug dealer. And I have all my teeth. Um, and then I then I go. Then I had some C four. Uh, and then people go, oh my gosh, he has a, a weird story for everything. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. So that, that's actually a little bit of what happened yesterday. Yeah. Like you're thinking, wait, he has what? He, he's got explosives. <laughs> Not surprising though, considering <laughs> the dynamics of what you used to do. Um, so. Um, 40 more minutes. Nice. What do, we got? what do we have coming up? Oh, we have our um, worship night. You want to tell people to, how to yes. find out about it? Our next event, uh, if you if I if you live in the Southern California area, Orange County, Chino Hills, and would like to join us, our next home church is October twenty third, Sunday, five p.m. Uh, you're welcome to DM me or Andy, and we can send you the details. Very good. Anything else? What else? What else going on? Mm, I think that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to get the, the kick under the table. All right, let's let him tell them about the FI app. See that little icon in the corner? EDIFI.app. We're part of the Christian Broadcast Network. And we would love it if you would subscribe, download the app. There's amazing content. And if you just subscribe to our show, it would be a great blessing for us. Absolutely. All right. Then that's it. Schnooks. That's it. Yeah. Have a wonderful night. God bless. Thank you for participating with us. We love you. We love you. Take care. 